the saints that have gone on before us And they're joining a heavenly chorus Singing He is alive, He is alive Hello. Hey, it's working. Good deal. Um, good morning. My name is not John Lancaster, and I'm not the minister here. I am excited to see that he's here, though. Makes me uh, wonder if he just wanted a day off. Uh, but my name is Andrew Harris. Some of you might recognize me as the offering communion kind of handout guy. Um, I'm also the guy who tricked Mary Faust into marrying me a few years ago. Wave. Hi, Mary. But, uh, yeah, now that I've embarrassed the wife, check. Uh, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, I've gotten to know a lot of you guys over the past six years, but a lot of you I haven't, so I thought I'd introduce myself before leading us in the Word today. But um, I was blessed to have been raised in a military and Christian household. I was born in an Army hospital in Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Uh, Tennessee, I guess. It's sort of like Ardmore. It's kind of on the border. Um, Lived in Kentucky for a little while, um, spent most of my life in Tennessee, then I went to Iowa, and then back to Tennessee, and now I'm here, and I've been here for about eight years now. Um, six of the years that I've been here, I've actually been attending this church, kind of on and on for the most part. Um, I am a car salesman. Weird, right? Uh, <laughs> I work up the road at University Kia. I've been up there for about six and a half years. I love it. I actually met the owner. He was my mom's Sunday school teacher for a while, and our general manager's dad was a pastor, so it's kind of a good work atmosphere. I like it up there. Uh, my first Sunday here was Super Bowl Sunday back in 2012. I, uh, my mom heard a radio ad with Fat Rock, and I guess he comes across better on the radio than he does in person. And... Uh, <laughs> Enticed my mom enough to uh, come in one Sunday, and she highly recommended that I come, and I came, and uh, went to Sunday school and saw Mary. You can thank her for me being here for a large part, her and Fat Rock. Um, but we talked, and I came back for the Super Bowl chili, uh, chili cook-off, I guess it was, and I've been coming here ever since. Uh, but enough about me. Uh, I've got some great news no, I didn't save a bunch of money on my car insurance. That's still up there. But uh, the great news is that Jesus is alive. And as you heard, Jesus is alive and he is able. And not only is he able, he is available to everyone, to you, and today. But let's focus on he is able for a minute. Uh, last week, Fat Rock went over the story of the paralyzed man that was lowered through the roof of a building that Jesus was teaching in. Jesus demonstrated two amazing gifts that day before the Pharisees and the people. The power to forgive sins and the power to heal. The ability to do these things alone is amazing and enough to convince just about anybody that he's the son of God, you know, a few Pharisees aside. Um, but what good is ability without the availability of those skills? Uh, for instance, I'm a metaphor guy. Tom Brady, for example. I know Andy here appreciates Tom Brady. 
Tom Brady is arguably one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history. But what good is that ability if he doesn't put on the cleats and get on the field? So Jesus having the ability to do things, if he never did anything, if he never stepped out, if he never gave himself up on the cross, he would essentially have just been a man who had a lot of ability without any availability for us. And uh, looking again at the paralyzed man, going back, it was standing room only. Jesus was in the middle of teaching when the paralyzed man was lowered in. And even though it wasn't the most convenient time for Jesus, he was available to that man because of his faith. Jesus put himself and his time second to become available for this man because he reached out to Jesus and made a step of faith. Well, he was paralyzed. I guess step might not be the best word. Um, he, he, it was a movement of faith. He came down. Um, <laughs> a little sidebar there. Um, in fact, there are dozens of biblical accounts of people approaching Jesus, asking for healing, the driving out of demons, asking for the raising of the dead. And Jesus, Lord of all of the universe, we are ants to him. And he dropped everything to help right away. Matthew chapter 8 actually has some fantastic examples of this. Um, people approaching Jesus and his availability to them, regardless of his circumstance, whether he was just passing through, whether he was preaching, teaching, or doing something else. A lot of these Fat Rock mentioned last week. First one here, Matthew 8, 1 through 4. When Jesus came down from the mountain, large crowds followed him. And a leper came to him and bowed down before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Again, leap of faith there. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am willing, be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. And Jesus said to him, see that you tell no one, but go, show yourself to the priest, and present the offering that Moses commanded and a as a testimony to them. That was 1 through 4. Continuing on, Matthew eight fourteen through 17. Thank you. When Jesus came into Peter's home, he saw his mother-in-law lying sick in bed with a fever. He touched her hand, and the fever left her, and she got up and waited on him. When the evening came, they brought him to many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. This was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. Jumping a little bit ahead here to Matthew 28 through 34. When he came into the other side into the country of the Gadarenes. You taught me this one, Gadarenes. I got it. Uh, two men who were demon-possessed met him as they were coming out of the tombs. They were so extremely violent that no one could pass by that way. And they cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the time? Now there was a herd of many swine feeding at a distance from them. And the demons began to entreat him, saying, If you are going to cast us out, Send us into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go. And they came out immediately, went into the swine, and the whole herd rushed down into a steep embankment into the sea and perished in the waters. The herdsmen ran away and went into the city and reported everything, including what had happened to the demoniacs. And behold, the whole city came out to meet Jesus. And when they saw him, they implored him to leave their region. 
Now, I'm going to focus on that last part here for a second. Jesus walks into this town, casts out the demons of two men who were so violent that no one could even go into the area, and drives the demons from them. Some might call that a good deed and a miracle, but they asked him to leave. Granted, he did kind of scare off the town's supply of bacon, so I can kind of see why they might be a little upset. But, um, but I love this because it shows how unthankful we as Christians can be sometimes. How many times has Jesus interceded or answered a prayer for us, and then once we got what we wanted or the prayer answered, we just kind of said, thank you, Jesus, and put him in our little Jesus drawer until the next time we had financial troubles or a, a job scare or something like that. Jesus is willing and available, readily available, for those who come to him faithfully and stay faithful. And going back again, when Jesus was approached uh, through all these biblical accounts, not once, to my knowledge, I read through so many accounts, <laughs> did he say, I'm sorry, I'm busy right now, or I've got a hectic week lined up, let me check my schedule, I'll see if I can fit you in, or I'm teaching at the moment, but hey, look, here's Peter. He can set an appointment for you to come back next week. None of that ever happened. He was available, and he is still today available. And not just on Easter. I know this place looks a lot more full on Easter and Christmas. We've got people who think that God's open two days a year, and they come by, they put on their fancy Easter hats or their Christmas tie. But it's not just those two days. It's 24-7, 365, even on weekends, holidays, and twice on Sundays. Sometimes three times, depending on how often we're here. But Jesus, again, is alive, able, and available to everyone. Let's go ahead and look at John 6, 35 through 40. Hey, there we go. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will not hunger. He who believes in me will never hunger thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and the one who comes to me I will certainly not cast out. Let's hang here for just a moment. I will certainly not cast out. Oh, I just love this. Uh, what, what more assurance do we need that he is available to us no matter what, whenever we're in need. We may have those tough days, those days of doubt. Maybe, again, job scare. You look at the bank account. It has a couple less digits that you hope it might have. And you wonder, how am I going to get through this? How am I deserving of grace? How, does this, how do I even fit into this equation with Jesus and his mercy? But your past doesn't matter. Let's briefly look at 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The one who comes to me, I will certainly not cast out. If you come to God, come to Jesus, reaching out, making a step of faith, no matter what it is, if it's a problem, if you're just seeking something. God is here for you. He is available. All you have to do is be available to him. Just reach out. Now let's continue on with 38. Thank you. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, 
but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. No one is excluded from his availability. He is our open access to God the Father. Not only that, he is the only access we have to God. Let's look at John 14, 1 through 7. Here in John 14, we find a conversation where Jesus comforts his disciples. Go ahead and follow along as I read. Do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way where I am going. And Thomas, of course, has to get in his two cents. Uh, Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How do we know the way? Jesus simply said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And now on you know him and have seen him. So when I say that Jesus is alive and available to everyone, I mean he is available to you and you and you and even Fat Rock. Everyone here. (laughs) And did I mention that he's available and able to save you this morning? I mean, I know I'm going to sound like a broken record, but he has made himself available to you. And because of this, you can find forgiveness and a new life in him. And here's how. I've got a few slides for us this morning. Go ahead, and if you have a pen and paper, go ahead and jot these down. I've got some references that would be uh, good for you to read a little bit later. Um, Let's see, even if you already think you know it. First, we have here. Hear the good news. People, of course, need to hear the good news. We uh, have a mission statement here. Win, commit, grow, go. Did I do that right? Yes. Uh, So we have to, of course, hear the good news, but other people need to hear it too. People who aren't saved, so we need to go into our city, our town, and spread the good news. And that's when they need to believe. They need to believe that Jesus is Lord that he died for our sins, and that he rose again. We've got John 3, Acts 16, 31, Hebrews 11, 6, Mark 16, 15. Is everyone good to go? Need a little time. Let's go ahead and move to the next one. Repent. We, of course, need to repent and ask God for forgiveness for our sins. The references for that would be Acts 2, 38, Luke 15, 3 through 7, Acts 17, 30 through 31, and Romans 2, 4. And then we've got confess. We must confess publicly your faith and that Jesus is Lord. That would be Romans 10, 8 through 10, Matthew 10, 32 through 33, and Acts 8, 36 through 39. And this one's a little obvious. Be baptized, kind of self-explanatory, public confession of faith and submersion in water. 
And that'll be Acts 22, 16, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Mark 16, 16, and Acts 8, 36 through 37. And then we have walk in a newness of life and be faithful until death. That's the hard part. <laughs> and for that, we've got Matthew 24, 13, Acts 2, 42, and Revelations 2, 10. Now, all this put together, loosely translated into common English, means that we must commit to grow in his word. And you thought that was just our mission statement. No, that is, that is actually what we need to do. We need to commit to grow and spread that word as far as we possibly can. And we have to learn all that he commanded. Allow yourself to be mentored and discipled by a mature Christian. And by the way, while we're on the topic... Uh, mature Christians out here, I know there's a few of us here, it's time to begin to start mentoring and discipling us young folks. I know we've got a few of them here. Uh, me, and uh, I'm going to speak on Matt if he'll let me, we really appreciate being poured into by uh, the elders and by Fat Rock here, and I definitely wouldn't be up here without the mentorship of a lot of you folks in this audience, and I really do appreciate that, and I'm humbled by that. Um, but those relationships, especially from a mentor-mentee position, um, I, I can tell you right now, I, I wouldn't even be up here if I wasn't pushed and encouraged and, um, I guess, taught how to further grow in my relationship with Christ. Uh, my mom has always been a huge spiritual encouragement in my life. Anytime I had doubts or troubles or questions, she was always there for me. And my father, while stern at times, military man, <laughs> taught me to never quit, to push myself, and taught me the importance of hard work. And my father-in-law, who couldn't be here today, I think he just missed us. He left this morning. Yeah, uh, Scott Faust, I'm sure most of you know who he is. Uh, we meet every other Saturday morning, often on Saturday mornings. And we have breakfast, and he always pours into me on those breakfasts. And Fat Rock has a young husband's group. On Wednesday mornings, we meet at Edgar's. <sighs> Edgar's. That's, that's, that's not the only reason I show up. I, I listen to our, uh, to our meetings. But um, these relationships. Oh, and I got my brother. He, he was a scapegoat, I guess, when I got in trouble. That's, that's like his main purpose. Um, but these personal relationships, whether you're the mentor or the mentee, are so important. The fellowship, study, and accountability that naturally come along with these relationships are what help nurture your faith and allow you to grow without overcoming as many obstacles as you would if you were on your own. That being said, these relationships are hollow if you don't have a personal relationship with Christ. It's like throwing seeds on concrete. It just doesn't, it doesn't produce fruit. You have to have that personal relationship with Jesus to have that fertile soil so whenever you get mentored and um, just held accountable for things, it'll actually take root. And you guys, I know a lot of you here do have that personal relationship with Christ, but there are some of you here who probably don't. And you don't have to leave without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I mean, what's stopping you, really? I mean, the baptist, baptistry, the baptistry is ready. I could stop preaching right now, and we could take your confession and start that walk with Christ in a new, newness in life right now. What's stopping you? Maybe it's busyness. Maybe you feel like work and school and family, friends, 
and everything else is just taking up too much time and making it too busy for you to start a personal relationship with Christ. Or maybe it's addiction. Maybe there's something separating you from Jesus right now, whether it be drugs or just something else small. Maybe it's money or your job or your friends. Whatever it is, it could be something else entirely, but whatever it is, it's not worth it. It's not worth separation from Christ. He is our comfort and our healer, and he is available for a personal relationship today. And let me be extremely clear in what I'm saying to you all this morning when I say that Jesus is alive and available to everyone. Again, broken record, but this is so important. I don't don't want anyone to leave here without missing this or without catching this. He is alive and available to you. And when I say that he is alive and available, I mean every day, I mean right now, I mean today. You've heard the saying, why put off till tomorrow that you can put off till next week? But you can't put this off any longer. No more procrastinating. I, my parents can attest, I am the worst procrastinator. This is not what you need to be procrastinating on. I'm sure there are some of you here today who have thought, you know, I should accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I should come here, confess, repent. I should be baptized for the forgiveness of my sins and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you're thinking, I should return to Him. Maybe I've kind of been on a hiatus. I've been going down a path that... I shouldn't be, and I want to come back. I've just been going through the motions, maybe. Or you're sitting here having these thoughts, and then you have another thought. Maybe I'll do it next week. I'm here this morning to say no more procrastinating. The time is now. The day is today. He is available to you. Will you accept him? Yesterday is gone, and tomorrow may never come. But today is here, and Jesus is our Messiah. Our Savior is available to you right now, whether it be through baptism or repentance. Don't put off the most important decision you will ever make. Listen to what Paul had to say to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 regarding what they are called to, what we are all called to. Starting in verse 1. And working together with him, We also urge you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, at the acceptable time, I listened to you. And on the day of salvation, I helped you. Behold, now is the acceptable time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Giving no cause for offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited. Go ahead and read this along with me here. But in everything, commending ourselves, sermons of God, in much endurance, in afflictions, in hardships, in distresses, in beatings, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, and the power of God. I know it's a lot. Stay with me. That's good stuff. Um, just to kind of put it in common English, even if you're going through hard times, if you're going through hunger, He will give you patience. He will feed you. He'll make sure you won't thirst. He is there through everything. Let's go ahead and pick up there by the weapons. Yes, by the weapons of righteousness. Oh, it'll just be me this time. <laughs> I won't make you read the whole thing. 
by the weapons of righteousness for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true, as unknown yet well-known, as dying yet behold, we live, as punished yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. Our mouth has spoken freely to you, O Corinthians. Our heart is open wide. You are not restrained by us, but you are restrained by your own affections. That is so true. It is always us. Now in a like exchange, I speak as to children, open wide to us also. Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteous and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of God, just as God said. And go ahead and pick up with me here. I will dwell in them and walk among them and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I welcome you, and I will be father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Through these scriptures, I have shared with you today that Jesus is alive, that he is available to everyone, that he is available to you, that he is available today. As we come to our response time this morning, the only question you have to answer is, are you willing to be available to him? Don't let yourself get in your own way. Don't put it off any longer. Now is the time to give your heart and confess that Jesus is Lord. Don't worry about anyone around you. Don't worry about what anyone is thinking. Don't worry that you're not wearing the right clothes to come forward and be in front of everybody or anything like that. Just follow your heart. Come up just as you are and worship the Lord your God. Will you please stand and sing our response song with us this morning and answer that question and respond to God's word accordingly. It's been great to be with you all here this morning and a little nerve-wracking. And, but it's honestly been a pleasure. Uh, I appreciate you letting me come up here to study and worship with you all, but now it's time to go. And as you go, go knowing that Jesus is alive, he is available to you, and also go thinking about who you can tell this week that Jesus is available to them. Sing this last song with us. <laughs>